everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday. With me is Pastor Steve Madsen. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for joining me as we uh, opened up the book of Philippians. New series started this weekend. Yeah, it's a blast. Yeah, we, uh, we're going old school cornerstones. We go verse by verse through this book of the Bible, which is really fun. We're still going to feel rushed. Um, those yeah. of us that used to take longer to get through these books, it's eight weeks and yeah. we're going to leave a lot on the cutting room floor, but it'll be good. I think it's going to be great. It's already been great. Yeah. So uh, good first weekend um, as we jumped into Acts chapter 19 to, uh, or I mean 16, sorry. Good. To uh, Wasn't that cool how I didn't correct you? You didn't. You let me like, You let me catch it. Steve, it doesn't or matter. Or you're just like, let's let him make a fool of himself for, for a few minutes. Could chapter 16 of Acts as Paul uh, met Lydia, started the church. Uh, it's the one prison. of my favorite Acts stories because uh-huh. it just has all these different elements of there's some danger, some intrigue, some pain. And then Paul just stepping up and saying, we're not leaving. You guys mm-hmm. totally broke the law. So mm-hmm. in doing that, he endorsed the church and probably protected them from later uh, harassment. Mm-hmm. Politics being what they are. Mm-hmm. But this is yeah. the best story. And and I love that we took time and to focus on Lydia a little bit as she's a, she's a hero in our faith. Uh, mm-hmm. The risk that she took to her life, to her business, to everything... And, um, and she does it so graciously. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't say to Paul, Hey, this is risky for me to do. Mm-hmm. She's a local, she knows, but she's like, this is a life changing message. Uh, let me host this at my house. Mm-hmm. I have a big house mm-hmm. and, uh, wow. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's really cool. It's such a great story. Um, Philippians, what, um, this is my, I think it's, I was just saying to you earlier, I think it's my favorite epistle. I mean, they're all great and there's always so much in it, but um, just Paul's warmth and and his, and the encouragement that comes from this book is, is really definitely is great. And so I think there's a lot of uh, good things in store for us as well, we work he, our way through. He loved these people. I mean, they had a shared history during those three or four weeks they were originally together, but then they just kept supporting him. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time he turned around, he got an offering from the Philippian church. And as you know, in some places like in Corinth, uh, he didn't want to take money from the Corinthians because he wanted to be free of that so he could really speak into their lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, Corinthians were the kind of people who would kind of buy your favor. Mm-hmm. And so the Philippians supported him while he was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so anyway, they were always a real encouragement to him, including this last gift where they had sent Epaphroditus 800 miles to visit Paul in jail and to bring him all this money so he could pay his rent, pay for his food, pay for what he needed. And uh, not every church does that. Mm-hmm. Um, out of sight, out of mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were friends for life. Yeah. he. So you got into this a little bit near the end of, of he referred to them as partners in the gospel. Right. As his term to, to all the people in the church. He's really, he's saying that to everyone. Yeah, but kind of in the same way we do. You know, not everybody at Cornerstone does pitch in. Mm-hmm. And we know that. We try to not make a huge deal out of that because I think some people who are just visiting us would that would be a real stumbling block sure. to them. But we have people who come for years, you know, that never really do partner with us. So I think Paul, like me, he's thinking of the ones who really are partnered with them. And mm-hmm. of course, you and I both are so grateful to the people at Cornerstone that partner with us in that same way. Yeah, and we want to just you invited everyone in to to partner, and that that invitation is always open to everyone at Cornerstone to say partner with us. This is going to be following Jesus, doing what he's called us to do, discovering your purpose of the, you know, why did God create you and put you here in partnership with other people who are all moving in? I mean, 
that's the greatest adventure and joy that we could be a part of in life is when we find a group of people, when we find our tribe that we can truly partner with, Mm -hmm. we could share with, we can open up our homes with. That's our invitation to everyone who's a part of Cornerstone, thinking about being a part of Cornerstone, like partner with us. Right. And, you know, um, so I'm partnered with, like, say, World Vision, Compassion Uh International, Nakuru Children's Trust, different ones who are helping children. So we get these letters and pictures, sometimes even videos. Hilton's Heroes in Kenya sends me videos of this little girl, Mary, that I support. And that's always really gratifying for me that I've partnered with them. But in the same way, my gifts to Cornerstone, that tells a story the same way. Mm-hmm. And I almost wonder if we should have just more stories of people to say, had you not given to Cornerstone, I wouldn't have gone to Hume Lake. Had I not gone to Hume Lake, I wouldn't have met Jesus. Now I'm a leader in the group and I'm discipling people. Um, I think more and more, if we told our stories, we would more realize how much of a partnership it is to just give to your own church. Yeah, yeah, yeah no doubt about it. You also, you, you got into the word servant because Paul referred to himself and Timothy as a servant of Jesus Christ. And um, I appreciate how you you brought us up to speed um, on what that word meant then and what a bond servant was and how it's very different in nature to maybe how we have thought of American slavery and the word mm-hmm. servant or mm-hmm. even like a, a household servant. Like there's different impressions we have in American culture of what it means to be a servant. And so when we read that surface level, we can come off with a a misunderstanding of what it means to be a follower of Christ. And, mm-hmm. and, and I think even our culture has adopted a very a negative viewpoint of um, there's all these things that you can't do anymore when you become a Christian and it's mm-hmm. very limiting. And then the word servant with our cultural understanding of what that means today, it, it kind of feeds into that. So I appreciate how you, you, you backed us up and said, no, what did this word mean then? And it wasn't the same thing we're thinking of now. Hmm. Um, and, and there's a lot of freedom. It's, it's the most free lifestyle is being a servant of Christ. Right. To be a servant or to be a steward is another word in the Bible of where you work for someone who the possessions are actually theirs. Yeah. You still eat at that table. You, when there's, when the, the, the master travels to the beachfront home, you travel with them. Uh-huh. When, uh, when there's good things that happen, you benefit from that. Yeah. And uh, that's the that's what it is to be a bond servant of Jesus is we we uh, eat from that table. We sit we have the same resources available to us that our Lord Jesus has. And he also just says, I never call you my servants. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Mm-hmm. So we have a master who doesn't even call us servants. Uh, he says, I want to serve you. I call you my friends. Mm. And so to serve Jesus is actually, it's a really weird oxymoron to become a bond slave of Christ is, to, is the ultimate freedom a person could experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's freedom from old masters that he helps you with, old addictions, old habits, old ways of thinking that... That we leave behind when we decide to follow Christ, but that's a continue, like we're still battling those right. old masters. But it's almost like that old master is knocking on Jesus's door saying, hey, that guy is m- still my servant. And Jesus is saying, no, I purchased him. He's, he's my bond slave. He has willingly bound himself to me. And Jesus turns to me and says, do you want to go back and serve anger? Do you want to go back and serve lust? And of course, my answer is no, but I, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And Jesus says, well, you know, let me help you. I, I'm going to serve you in that way as well. Mm-hmm. So he gives us a new name. Uh, he gives us a new identity. And um, so this, this whole image that Paul gives us of being a servant uh, is really a beautiful thing if we understand what he's meaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, I love verse nine, where nine through eleven, which we we ended on, you ended on, and in verse nine, he he he, his prayer for us is that our our love would abound, and the depth of insight of our love, mm-hmm. and that we'd be able to discern. It's actually the whole last series we just did, right? Especially how we ended with Kevin, and then with my sermon, and and right. the, basically the last three weeks, right? Paul's re-preaching that same sermon again of, here's my prayer for you, that your love would abound. And then that would result in... You'd have more depth of insight, mm-hmm. which is what we talked about, about figuring out how do I love this person or in this situation, how do I love? That's depth of insight. Or that, even just how do I navigate life? Yeah. Uh, as Christ would have me do it instead of as the world navigates. Yeah. So, yeah. and the foundation of all that knowledge is love. And that's what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13. All these things are irrelevant. Uh without love all of these things will pass away except love and so the more we lean into what we were talking about in the last series as we study this series the more we're even going to understand uh what this new testament is all about Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so we have a group of people who started a church under paul's preaching and direction he shared the gospel with them they risked everything to start this church 10 years later they're still partnered together they're generous with each other. They're funding ministry elsewhere. Um, they consider themselves servants of Christ, and so they adopt this humble posture. Joy is written throughout this letter. We're gonna, as we're gonna see as as we get into it. Um, and then their their prayer is is that they would abound in love. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all, that's this is a great start. Well, and they're not a perfect group. Paul has heard from Epaphroditus that there's conflict between two of the women in the church. Two of these strong leaders mm-hmm. are in conflict, and it's really tearing the church up. And so it's not like there's not, they're not a perfect group, but they're being perfected in love. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is trying to fan that flame um, with them. Mm-hmm. So Okay, now, so we're doing something in this series where we're memorizing verses. Right, almost every add-on. week. Not every so week, but almost every week. If you're listening to this, I assume you already memorized your verse, but right. we're going to help you out in case you didn't. What's our verse, What's our verse for this week, Steve? Uh, it's Philippians 1.6. Uh, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Hmm. So you, you, the way you memorize it is you just you, you pick a few words and you hook all the other words onto those few can words. Can you teach on that a little bit? Because you didn't really dig into that verse. We memorized it, mm-hmm. but we moved on to, to, the, to verse 7. You mean just talk about that? What are your verse? thoughts on that verse? Yeah, what does that what does it mean to you? Well, first of all, yeah, for you, that verse is a whole sermon. Uh, Paul's confidence doesn't rest in them or in his ability as their founder. His confidence rests in Christ. Mm-hmm. Paul doesn't say I began the church at Philippi. He says he began a good work in you. He Paul's just keeping his hands off of even the work. He's like, I didn't do that because mm-hmm. Paul gets a lot of credit for these churches. Yeah. And they give him a lot of credit. I mean, he's St. Paul. He's the Apostle Paul. He's a big guy in their, in their viewfinder. In the whole world, he is at that time. But he says, that wasn't me that did that. I wasn't even going to come to Europe. But I had this vision after I ran out of options in Turkey. But I came across Europe, and there you guys were at the river, and it started there. Then I got thrown in jail, and then it's you, you know, this demon-possessed girl. God was doing all this stuff that he had planned from day one. So now, because I believe that, I have the confidence that he will carry it on to completion. And do you see the motion in those words? Mm -hmm. See, our walk with God is a journey. It's motion. 
-hmm. So it's not, he's doing a work in you and it's like, now look, there's a, there's a Christian. Everybody look at the Christian. Mm -hmm. It's not static. It's in motion. Always. Always. Even before that specific work began. Right. There was, God was already moving in preparation for what was long before. Well, even generationally, like I think of my grandparents becoming Christians, uh, there in the poverty they lived in in northern Oklahoma and southern Colorado and then how that transferred to my father and then my mother and him and how the Lord led them and then how that transfers to me and now I have my children my grandchildren that good work he's carrying on to completion is intergenerational Mm -hmm. and it's all part of a journey of a and a plan towards what he says the day of Christ Jesus and that's Mm -hmm. the ultimate end of all things well that helps me just that verse helps me not live or operate out of fear, right? There's a confidence in that statement of he's gonna bring it to completion. Like mm-hmm. I can rest, we all can rest assured, mm-hmm. even though you're, there's gonna be valleys where it may feel like it's all falling apart, mm-hmm. it, it's not. Yeah, and it, you know, I love uh, like World War II stories of how there was this one officer that everyone just relied upon, or mm-hmm. a band of brothers, you know, there's the mm-hmm. one officer that everyone just, everything's looking terrible, but just him looking them in the eye and telling them it's going to be okay. And they're like, well, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's a, these, these kind of verses, if we can lock into those, it's, that's when we're in a storm and we tell ourselves that's eh, going to be okay. Mm. Yeah. We watched band of brothers in 2011, 2012, 2012 in Kenya. We had a terrible trip to Kenya. Things weren't going well. Yeah. The only good thing about that trip was we, and watched we would like, band of brothers. we would disconnect from everything and put in band of brothers and just watch it. Yeah. And, um, things were going terribly with our organization in Kenya. We went through some hard times, but even in that, yeah. it's tr- it, it, within a couple of years, turned a corner into something just as beautiful, something if not even wonderful. something more beautiful. Oh, I was just in touch with uh, my sponsored child. He's not a child anymore. He's a young man. He's got yeah. his career going and he's going further on in his education. Yeah. And I was able to put word through our leaders, you know, tell him I'm not abandoning him just because he's out of high school. Right. I'm, I'm still his, yeah. his, his U S Papa. And so they did, they told him and they said, Steve's still got your back. And yeah, that's what this is for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God's got our back. He does. No doubt about it. He's so. doing a good work. He's going to carry it on. Hang in there. There we go. That's a good word to end on. I like it. Well, we're going to keep going. Uh, week two of Philippians is next week. Hope you can join us for that. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Love you. <laughs>